Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. We are so glad that you are joining us for this week's podcast. And uh, we have an exciting subject tonight. It's actually maybe one of those that might be a little emotional at times, but also it's a time of hope. And that's what everything that we bring to you, we hope, will give you time of uh, hope in your life. And so, yeah, you might want to get the Kleenexes out. That's possible. Some of these are like that, you know, and so, but, but uh, we always find some humor in, in things also. But first I want to introduce to you uh, the table, which we've got a full table tonight, which is really fun. And, uh, but first of all, I'm so thankful for uh, Tiffany, who is sitting to my right, my daughter. And I don't know, I think she's probably co-host. I'm not sure. We haven't given her a title yet, though. We're not going to. I do be- love a title. I just named myself at work, by the way. You did? Because I've been watching, oh, sorry. I've been watching Madam Secretary. Oh. Um, that's not a paid advertisement. I'm just saying. I that love that I've, show. I have deemed myself <gasps> Secretary of State at work. Oh. And they have to obey me. Oh, there you I go. I handle all international You do know that she's going to be president, but then they just stopped the show, which I think is just well, I'm crazy. I'm not that far along, but thanks oh. for the... Oh. Thank you for oh, that. No. I'm done watching now. Oh, no. Wow. That was bad. But it's really good up to that point. It's really good when they took it off. I used to watch Madam Secretary. No, she's quite powerful. I'm happy to be here, though. Thanks for that. Oh, well, there's a lot of things that have changed on TV these days, that's for sure. Don't try to backpedal now. (laughs) Oh, well. Great show. Anyway, we have a great podcast tonight, and right across from me is Chris Norman, who is our executive producer. Chris, we're excited that you're here tonight. You're going to have to speak up because there's a lot of estrogen in this room. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Would you like to introduce who's sitting right next to you at the table? Um, sitting next to me is the beautiful, the talented, the amazing, the inspiring, yes. mm-hmm. um, the bold, mm-hmm. Jessica Norman. Yes. Hey. Is Welcome, that your sister? Jessica. This is my sister, Jessica Norman. <laughs> <laughs> that means that we're not really. <laughs> that really is his lovely wife. Yes. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. I don't know how I can live up to all those things he said, but I'll try. But you are that. You do every single day. (laughs) Every day. And not only is she here in the building tonight, but we're just going to put a little plug in for our lovely Lily's, right? She is the owner of Lovely Lily. Yes. And uh, so that's exciting. Local boutique in Farmington, Missouri. Yeah. Anybody? 200 West First Street, Farmington. Yes. Yes. There you go. And she's moving to a brand new facility in the same building, but just bigger, more elaborate, more clothes for us to shop. Yes, we're excited about that. I know my uh, Pastor Darrell, which isn't here tonight, he really is uh, your husband's associate, but he's not here tonight. (laughs) Yeah, he's the co-producer. He had had to have a title. Self-title. Everyone has titles but you, Tiff. What's going on with that? I'm Secretary of State. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) She is. (laughs) Anyway, we're so glad you're here. And then we have also at the table tonight, we have Christina Gardner. No, no, no. She's a Gober Gober now. now. That's right. You got married a year ago. Where did that come from? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Welcome, Christina. We're glad you're here at the table with us. 
Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, we're excited to share this program with all of you precious ladies, beautiful women. And sitting at the end of the table, we have with us none other than Kendra Buchart. And welcome tonight. Is this your first time on the on the podcast? Yes, and um, I'm so used to talking in front of a camera. This is actually more intimidating to me. Is it really? <laughs> yes. That is so funny because she, uh, Kendra does our videos every week for our announcements at church, and that becomes, it is funny how you get comfortable with certain things and you yeah. get moved out of that area. It's almost terrifying. Pretend like that's like a video camera. <laughs> yeah, just, just be like, really hey, close. everybody. I'll just like have my phone up while I'm talking. Like, there you hey, go. Everyone. There you go. Whatever. <laughs> like a vlogger. Oh, yeah, that works. <laughs> whatever helps and whatever works. Well, tonight we're going to be touching on a subject that is really, really important to these ladies and to so many ladies that are out there and husbands as well because, it, you know, it's, it's a couple thing. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking about infertility and the, you know, so many of the listeners and so many of the women around, your friends, I'm sure that... You talk to other women that have gone through similar situations and their stories and the times where you get your hopes up and then, then they just kind of seem to get dashed. and and uh, But then the beautiful stories that do happen. And so we're going to bring it all around to, to, yes, those times of disappointment because that is a very real fact of life. And then bring it back to the hope and even for those that are sitting out there and maybe you're thinking yeah well it works for other people but it doesn't work for me well we don't want you to lose your hope because um, in the midst of all of our situations doesn't matter what it is we have a God that loves us a God that cares and brings hope to our life in our seemingly hopeless situation so we're going to kind of set this up tonight by just we're going to start with uh, Jessica and I know that uh, she's got lots of really good things to say because she's on a journey. And, and Jessica, you have two. Let's take a deep breath. Yeah, take oh, a deep yeah. breath. You, you have two beautiful sons. Yes. And, and you also have a beautiful stepdaughter, Thank which you. is like a daughter to you. Yep. So tell us a little bit about this new journey that you're on with wanting another child in your life. Well, I think Chris and I have wanted a child together since basically we met, which is super crazy because he was done having kids, mm -hmm. um, didn't want any. And then I always kind of wanted more, um, but wanted it to be with the right person, you uh -huh. know? So I just kind of put it to the wayside cause I hadn't met the right person and knew that it was kind of out of the cards for me. So just felt like, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the time. Um, then we met and we, he said that he felt like God placed it on his heart that we were supposed to have one and that he wanted one. And that was kind of an eye opener for me. So I was like, okay, let's get this train rolling. Well, we had to have, um, a surgery to be able to mm -hmm. do that. Um, so that was 18 months ago. We had a surgery, um, and then tried for about a year and mm -hmm. couldn't get pregnant. So then I went and started thinking maybe it could be something with me. Um, went and had a bunch of tests done. Had some very terrible news come back that um, from the first doctor that my left ovary was no longer able to be used. It was um, twisted basically and that it was going to have to come out with emergency surgery like right away. Mm -hmm. So I got that call um, on a Friday. They wanted to do surgery on Monday and... 
I didn't know what to do. I was crying. I told Chris, I said, I don't know what that means. I, you know, it's, it's scary. And he said, no, that's, that doesn't seem right. He's like, something seems off. He's like, we definitely need to get a second opinion. And me, we both worked in the medical field. So me thinking, okay, well, if I don't have the surgery, something else major could happen. But he was like the calm through all the storm. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys know me and I'm a little crazy. So I get, (laughs) no, (laughs) right, right. I get a little, um, What's the word? What do you say I am? Keyed up. High strung. High strung, yes, yeah. yes. Right. Uh, and back then... It was worse. Oh, I was, I was a worry wart. Like, I worried all the time. I, I could worry that the dishes weren't clean in the dishwasher. Like, it was just... It was bad. I was a worrier. <laughs> God has helped me with that. That's, You're a recovered... I am a recovered worrier. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Not warrior, worrier. <laughs> well, you're that too, but I, I get that worry part. We've all had our dose of that yes, one for sure. Yes, for sure. So um, we looked around, uh, talked to a couple people. Um, they told us to go see a fertility specialist in St. Louis. So I called, and they didn't have any openings for a month. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just put my name on the list. Um, That was Friday. They called me Monday, and they said, hey, we have an opening um, with this other doctor. Would you be willing to see him? And I said, sure, whatever. And they were like, okay, well, it's Wednesday, two days from then. I was like, oh, okay, well, let's go ahead and do that. So we started researching him, and he is the one that started the practice. He, you can't even get into him for like a year. Wow. So we just knew that that was a total God thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been on Good Morning America uh, with all of his things that he's done. Um, he's amazing. So we went and saw him um, a couple different times. Uh, they ran a couple different tests, and um, he was, what they diagnosed me with was stage four endometriosis. Hmm. Um, which even having worked in the medical field, I didn't know that there was different stages of endometriosis. No, I didn't, know, I didn't know, know. I really didn't know anything about endometriosis because I didn't think that it was me. I just knew that I had, you know, issues every month and mm-hmm. but didn't really think anything about it. And just to note, there was nothing wrong with your ovary. Yes. I was going to oh, ask yes. about that. Uh-huh. Yes. that was about. So he came after the test. He said, no, both of your ovaries are great. They're Good functioning. Grief. So The one had doctor wanted to take her ovary out. Take mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was another total God thing because yes. had I had that, we wouldn't be sitting here on our journey because I probably wouldn't be able right. to. Who knows? Anyways, going into that... Um, when I was diagnosed, he said, um, he's older, and he said, you don't want me to do your surgery. He's like, not that I can't. He said, but I am getting so um, so much further along that I don't think that I would be the best person. So he said there's another doctor in his practice that would be better what to do that. What a humble doctor. Absolutely. He's so, and he was up front. Absolutely. He said, I want what's best for you. He said, and I'm going to tell you right now that my hands being your surgeon would not be the best for you. Yeah. So went and saw another doctor. Um, We did an MRI that day, which is also unheard of when Mm -hmm. I went to see him. Um, You know, insurance companies don't Mm -hmm. ever approve anything that fast. Um, Called me, was it a day later with Mm -hmm. the results? And um, they were pretty heartbreaking. Um, They said that with the stage four, I was... It was all in my bowels and everything. I would have to have a partial bowel resection, um, which was going to land me about a week in the hospital. Um, They didn't know 
if they were going to be able to save my ovaries whenever they did the surgery because the endometriosis was so bad. So they said that I probably needed to think about freezing my eggs. Um, so that was scary, and that was in November, and I just felt like I didn't want that surgery. I knew that I wanted to try to have a baby, and if they were going to take everything from me, I mm-hmm. couldn't do it. So I prayed and prayed and prayed, and then in March, we I decided, you know what, I I have to try something. It's I'm not going to get anywhere if I don't. Mm-hmm. So went ahead and scheduled the surgery. Um, it happened to be... The Monday before, or no, Friday, was it Friday? Before they shut everything down for COVID. So I was the last surgery that they were able to do, I guess, elective is Mm -hmm. what they were calling it. Um, So went in, and I've had major surgeries before, never a thing. Well, right before they wheeled me back, I was a bawling hot mess because I was just like, what if they get in there? Because I had to sign a waiver that if he got in there and he couldn't, you know, get all of it without removing something that I had to be okay with him just taking mm. my ovaries, my uterus, whatever he had to take. And so I was just a hot mess. And the surgery lasted about four hours. Um, and Chris was there waiting for me. And um, the doctor came back and told him that um, he was able to get all of the endometriosis. Uh, it was all the way up in my diaphragm. Um, it encased my complete right ovary. There was no way that I was ovulating from my right side wow. because mm-hmm. it was so entwined. Wow. Um, he had to stitch that back up. Um, but he said that um, I will not have to do IVF, that we would be able to get pregnant on our own, which was a total miracle because uh-huh, that yeah. was not what, even from the MRI, he's like, mm-hmm. it won't be a possibility. He told us that straight up. You won't be able to get pregnant without IVF. <laughs> so I wrote a whole thing on Facebook about it, and it's still out there somewhere. I'm sure it's... It was really good. Yeah, it, was. Yeah. it was beautiful. So, what a testimony. It was. That was crazy. And so we've still been on that journey. Um, I'm not going to lie. I get... Before now, I there's been times that I've gotten really down about it. You know, it's... you. You try to stay positive. You try to have all this hope, um, and then the devil creeps in and says, mm-hmm. "You know what? You're you're not going to be able to carry, and um, maybe your husband isn't going to be able to give you that child." And just tries all these different angles, mm-hmm. you know, to say, "Yeah, you've you've had two kids. It's all you need. You don't you don't need to bear another child. You know, you've you've got a a bonus daughter, and that's that's it. You're not going to have any more." And so, those times are really trying and then um I sometimes take to social media just because I feel like you know what if I'm struggling with it I know that there's probably other women struggling with it and if I can help someone in their journey even though I struggle sometimes too maybe we can just help each other and so that's been awesome um but Chris has been my sounding board god love him I there are some days I just cry and there's other days that I'm like nope we're gonna pray through this and we're gonna get through this and so yes it's just been all over the place but I know and you're one of many that feel that very way and they don't have that opportunity or even the boldness that you have to talk about it because so many times in life no matter what we're facing you feel like you're facing it by yourself and there are so many women that need to know that yes, it is a journey, but but your faith and your hope and your trust is in God with this, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's just been beautiful to see. I mean, because your your surgery could have went 
so many different ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and to know that God's brought you to this point. And that's, I think I forget that sometimes that God has had all these things in place and he's played them out so that I would trust him. And when I was talking about the devil trying to get in, um, he's even so much basically said that your husband doesn't even want, want you to have a baby. Like just tried to pit mm-hmm. me against Chris. Mm-hmm. And, of course. And then, you know, we get in little arguments about that. And then mm-hmm. it's like, then I doubt and think, well, why am I even trying if, but that's not really the case. That's just. Right. Yeah. You can always, you know, I, I always say when, when the enemy, the best weapon that he has, of course, is our mind. And so he works with our mind in different areas. But if he can get us against our mate, because we're so strong when we're one, yes. there is, there's great strength in that. And no, it doesn't matter what the battle is. Uh, when you walk through it together, there's just such a beautiful, beautiful strength going on. Yes. And, and so, of course, that's where he's going to hit us. And that's where, you know, those moments of blindness come. Right. And so we always have to fight against the blindness that, that will come from, because those that we love the most is where we get hit the hardest. And so we have to really be careful of that because we are married to imperfect people. And they're married to imperfect people. So if the enemy can get us into disunity, then he can steal our dreams. Absolutely. And so we have to fight really hard for our dreams. Well, I want to bring in Christina here. Uh, and Christina, I know that you've been on quite the journey yourself. And uh, you are now married to Mr. Gober. And you guys are just amazing. And um, so tell us a little bit, Christina, about your and Carl's journey. Um, well, we've been married for uh, about 15 months now. And so, and we, we have a four-year-old kind of back up. I had a four-year-old and he just adopted him in March. Oh, um, so exciting. Yes. It's, it's been, it's been quite a year. <laughs> um, and I, so I know Carl was always a, a family guy looking for a family. Um, and you fit perfectly in with me and Wyatt. And, and so we wanted to start our family right away and grow right away. Um, and we just kind of thought it would happen right away and, you know, in the, in the blissfulness of newlywed and, oh, our family's going to grow and all these plans that you have for your future. Um, after about six months of that kind of blissfulness, it was like, um, maybe something's happening that we should check out. And everybody was telling us, you know, just wait a year before you get any tests done so we did, and every month it was kind of, it just got a little bit more difficult to to take the tests and you know the ovulation tests and, and everything. And so we went and and saw doctors in July. So it's been a year. And we saw doctors in July, and I was I was kind of hoping that we would get some kind of answers. Um, you know, he went first to get tested, um, and kind of hoping that there was something simple, you know, just to, to kind of do, or they came back and said that nothing was wrong. So then I, I immediately started freaking out thinking that something was wrong with me. Um, because before I had Wyatt, I, I had had a miscarriage. Um, and so it was something in the back of my mind that maybe Wyatt was my miracle child kind of a thing. And so then all the doubts start coming in and all the, what if I can't give him a child, you know, start coming in and I was really worried about it and they couldn't get me in for several weeks. So it was, it was really a difficult time 
for a while. And then when I finally went in, um, <clears throat> the results came back and there was nothing wrong with me. And it was almost harder to hear that there was nothing wrong because right. I, what can you do? Right. <laughs> and at that point it was just, you know, do we keep testing, like doing the ovulation tests and do we keep trying to find something that's wrong or, you know, cause my, my doctor just kind of made it seem like it'll just happen when it happens. And I'm not saying anything wrong. If you want to keep doing more tests, we can. And it was really, it was the turning point for us because we had to kind of sit down and, and have that conversation. You know, do we want to keep spending money trying to figure out if there's something wrong or just keep praying? Mm-hmm. And that's when your, you know, your faith kind of starts being tested and, um, it was one of those things we decided, you know, we would keep doing the ovulation test, but we didn't want to keep going down a rabbit hole trying to find something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, in our minds, we know that if we can't get pregnant, you know, we would, we would love to adopt or, um, you know, foster, but mm-hmm. we still want to try for a child of our own. And it, this whole experience has really kind of forced me to look at myself in relation to the people around me. You know, I'm, I'm, I've always been, you know, preaching trust and faith in God and, and, you know, it's his will, not mine. Mm -hmm. And then it, it was almost like I had to really look at myself. Am I living that way? Mm -hmm. Am I actually living like I believe what I'm preaching, you know, am I actually trusting in God? Am I, am I really believing that it is his will and not mine? And my prayers became more focused on, we want a child, you know, but you know, if, if that's not through natural means, we're okay with that. And it was, it was a struggle for a while because, you know, and you've all, you also kind of go through this you you kind of start to doubt even more when you see other people getting pregnant and sure. um you know it's difficult and especially I've heard after that so much through the years yes yeah and you know after after going through the miscarriage years ago it was it was really hard um to kind of see people having babies and and you start to kind of feel inferior but then after this experience with Carl in the last year, um, he's, he's really just been my rock through this whole thing. And the, the constant praying and the constant, you know, are you okay? Like, do you need to talk about it? Um, (laughs) has really kind of allowed me to open up and, and really talk about it because when you're, when you're facing this kind of the thing by yourself or trying to face it by yourself, you're not really exploring your emotions all that much. You're kind of getting in that, one feeling and staying in that one feeling. But when you have someone that's so supportive and is in it with you, it's a lot easier, you know, to go to God with it. And, um, I became more trusting in God and more, um, I'm super excited when I see other people having babies, you know, pregnancy was just so exciting. (laughs) And, um, so it's really, this whole experience has really been, um, it's been used for his good. And, you know, just like my miscarriage six years ago was, it was really hard for me to go through it and, um, really difficult time, but I was also not in church and I wasn't doing what I should be doing. And I was mad at God at the time, but he turned it around and used it 
for good. And I started going back to church. And then when I got pregnant with Wyatt, I was determined that he was going to grow up in church. So, I mean, infertility is hard and it's a struggle. Um, but when you have people that support you, um, around you and you know that the people that are supporting you are also leading you towards God and, and his word and trusting in him and, you know, faith and, in what's, what's good for you. You know, it's not, it's not just about me anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's about what God wants for my life. And if, you know, if he wants our family to grow in a certain way, then it's going to grow in that certain way, you know? Yeah, that's, that's so good, Christine. And, and it, and it really is, it's so common. I mean, it, it, it strikes, <laughs> it's, it's like so many other things that we see in life that there's just all around us are those that are battling with that. And there's the different, uh, different way that people approach it. But I think it's, it's so good that as we have this conversation tonight, uh, you know, uh, I believe that God wants to bring us all at a place where we're in that trust, that we're really trust. There's no boundaries in our trusting him, uh, right. that we haven't made the guidelines for him because we do that so many times. God, if you do this, then I believe you. I trust you. But the fact right. is God just wants us to trust him, that he's got our best interest in our future because he knows, he knows what we don't know yet. And so, so good. Well, we have Kendra with us tonight, and Kendra, actually, we're all excited for you. Tell us a little bit about your journey and where you're at right now. Uh, yes, so um, it all started um, in the beginning of, I think it was about February of 2019. Um, Blake Blake and I, we were talking about the ideas of starting to try for baby, Um and at the time, we were married for three years. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, we got our house now. I said, we're fixing everything the way we want to. I'm like, it's time to, let's let's start. Like, let's start our family. And uh, so, of course, like, the first month of trying and, like, you, you take that pregnancy test and then it's negative. Like, it's just like an instant heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I know there are plenty of people, I know I'm not the only one that done this, and it drives Blake so crazy, but, like, just shining that flashlight at that yes. pregnancy test, like, oh, it's just, I'm sure it's just really, really just faint, the, like, yes. yeah, like, hold it up to the window, or even, like, take it apart, um, <laughs> and, like, it is pretty funny, but, like, I mean, it's so true, I could have bought stocks and pregnancy tests this oh, whole yeah, entire time, yes. oh, my goodness, um, and, like, I, it got to the point, like, I had to, like, hide the test from Blake, oh. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I don't want him to know, because, like, I buy, like, you know, like the first response and the clear blue, because I'm like, you know, ones. yeah, because like those detect so early, right? And they're so dependable. <laughs> um, but anyways, so um, like the first like four months, like we were trying, and like it was just a constant negative thing, and like you know, just those those thoughts going in your brain, like oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me, like what if we can't have a baby and all this stuff, and um, like Blake and I, we would just pray about it and pray about it, and you know, we just weren't going anywhere. And, um, just for those of you that are listening, um, of course, you know, we're talking about infertility, which means we're talking about the woman's body. So there might be, if you're a little uncomfortable about this topic, um, you know, sorry. Um, so we're going to talk about ant flow a little bit because there's, there's a story behind this. Um, but back in November, I had a late period and I mean, I, I, 
I have them, like, I started having them late whenever we were trying, because, you know, you, you so much stress on your body, like, it yes. just, it tricks you, yes. and, like, even whenever you notice, like, because you're, like, hypersense of symptoms, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm experiencing this, oh, my gosh, we could be pregnant, mm-hmm. and, and Blake, like, oh, my gosh, like, Blake, like, he's so awesome, like, but he would, like, because he knew, like, he hates whenever I cry, and, like, every month, like, it would just be constant tears, and he's like, honey, he's like, just please don't get your hopes up. He's like, I don't want to see you cry. And I'm like, I won't, I won't. But I, I'm like, I really think we are this time. And um, I even went to the doctor. And my doctor, bless her heart, like, she knows me when I call me. And she's just like, just come in. I know what you're going to ask. Just come in. We'll do the blood test. Um, because actually, whenever my mom was pregnant with me, um, it didn't come up on the urine test. I only showed up through the blood test. And so I'm like, oh, well, maybe my body's just weird like my mom. Mm-hmm. Um and, um, saying along with that. So my doctor said, no, I'm sorry, you're negative. Well then like you're waiting for your period to start. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you can try again and it's it never came. Torture. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's yes. a monthly torture mm-hmm. and it never came. And I kept calling my doctor and I'm like, Hey, this is a month now and I don't have it. And like, of course I would keep buying pregnancy tests. Cause I'm just like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't know. And, um, so I, like, literally, like, this happened in November. Finally, in February, my doctor finally wanted to see me. She's like, okay, there is something going on because you're not having your period yet. Mm-hmm. So we walked in, and she even, like, she did a ultrasound on me, and she said, you're fine. Like, your ovaries are fine, your uterus is fine. And I'm like, well, something's not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not fine, because my body's not restarting. Mm-hmm. Right. And... Like, as we were talking, I started crying, and I told her, I said, look, and I just felt this defeat whenever I asked her this. I'm like, can you please just put me back on birth control? Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that, just that defeat, but it's like I have to do something to get my body going again. Mm-hmm. And she told me, she's like, that's the right thing to do. And I told Blake, I'm like, I don't know how long we'll stay on it, but, like, let's just until to I'm get your body to get my body going. Yeah. 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 And so I was on it for a few months, and Blake, bless his heart. Like, the birth control that I was on, like, made me so, like, emotional, Aww. and um, it even gave me to where I was having panic attacks. Like, it was so bad. Um, but uh, I stayed on it, and then whenever this whole COVID started, this is whenever COVID finally started to come up, and then we were like, okay, well, I guess maybe we should just stay on the birth control until all this stuff settles down. Because, like, you hear about the stories mm-hmm. of moms who are giving birth by themselves because their husbands mm-hmm. couldn't be in the room at the time. Right. And, like, that was a fear of mine. I'm just like, absolutely. no, absolutely not. And um, and then just, like, whenever all the hate started happening in the world, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, do I really want to do I really want to bring mm-hmm. a baby into this world? Like, it just really started to get me think. Um, and Blake and I, like, we were praying the whole entire time. And finally, I... I, I finally told God, I'm like, you know what, God, it's in your timing. It's it's in your timing. And I just kind of finally let it go. And we kind of stopped thinking about it just so then, like, you know, your body can go back to normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, but Blake, um, he was finally getting separated from the Navy back in June. And we were actually heading down to his grandparents one day. And he was like, hey, how would you feel after I get out? We start trying again. And mind you, like, Blake is a little nervous about the whole baby thing. (laughs) And so whenever I looked at that, I just looked at him and I'm like, who are you? I'm like, you are not my husband. (laughs) And um, so I was like, okay, well, um, so we decided to get off the birth control and everything. And he was officially out of the Navy. And so back in July was our four-year wedding anniversary. And um, we were just... 
um, we decided to go up to Target, and I asked Blake, and who does not love Target, by the way? Right, oh, right. right. I love Target. Yeah. Fabulous place to work. Yes. At. <laughs> not to work, to shop at. Um, probably a fabulous place to work, and I don't know. <laughs> but um, so I looked at Blake, and we went to the baby section. He's like, what are we doing in here? And I said, I want to start prepping for our nursery. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to believe in faith that we will have this baby by this year. And a little side note, um, for those of you who have heard, Dara has mentioned her story on here, correct? Dara Young? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm, and I'm thinking, I was wondering a while ago, because I don't know if we had sent her a text about we tonight. We did. I thought she had mentioned something before, but maybe she hasn't. I'm not sure, remember. but you can go ahead and, and uh, well, say a little Alex, bit about Dara. Yeah. Well, because, um, like, for, um, for those of you who don't know, like, I don't want to mention her whole story, but, like, they were trying. And, of course, yes. now they have a wonderful, cute baby, Almost who I'm a proud Aunt KK, too. Yes. <laughs> oh, baby Silas, he's so cute. He is. Adorable. Oh. But I remember when Dara first bought that baby blanket, and she bought it out of faith. And so I was like, okay, I said, I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to buy a baby item and just start prepping. Every month that we do not conceive, I we're just going to buy something for the mm-hmm. nursery. So we got this cute little security blanket. Um, oh, wait, so I, go, hang on, go back, go back, we're excited. Rewind. Yeah, rewind, because I was mentioning about Alex. Alex came up to Blake and I after church, and he said, you guys will either be pregnant or have a baby by the end of 2020. And Blake and I really hold on to that. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, and we were like, okay, God. And so that's what, that's what made me be like, okay, well, we, let's, let's just do it out of faith. Let's just buy these things. So I bought, we bought a security blanket. And that night, we were actually going to a surprise birthday party. And Dara was there. And Dara was like, hey, friend, so I have something for you. And she brought me this cute little baby llama toy, baby toy. And she said, this has been bathed in prayer, and it's for you guys. Mm. And I instantly started crying. And I'm like, Dara, you have got to come out to my car. (laughs) And so we ran out to my car, and I showed her the security blanket. And... It was just like that confirmation from God. I'm sorry, I'm crying. We all are. It's okay. <laughs> we cry. It's okay. But it's just that confirmation from God. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like we're doing this. And so like every day, like before I would go into work and I would like just sit there and I would have this security blanket and this toy and I would just hold it to my stomach and I would just start praying out of faith. I'm like, we will have this baby. We will conceive. I said, but this is through your timing, God, and I trust you. So literally it was about... Two, two and a half weeks later. Um, so here's another um, TMI. <laughs> but I got a UTI. And I never hardly get UTIs. Mm-hmm. One morning I woke up and I was craving cream of wheat, which was really weird. <laughs> but um, we had some cream of wheat. And I started cooking it and I accidentally burnt the milk that I was boiling. Um, because I went to the bathroom like seven times. So I told Blake, I'm like, hey, um, I'm going to go to urgent care just to see what's up. And Blake... He was just like, he looked at me, he's like, wouldn't it be funny if something like this size was like sitting on your bladder right now? And I'm like, yeah, that would actually be pretty funny. And so um, whenever I was driving to urgent care, Blake started working on mowing the grass. And uh, I started thinking, I'm like, well, could I be? So then whenever I got to urgent care, I'm like, hey, before you guys prescribe me with any antibiotics or anything like that, I said, can you please just test me for a pregnancy Mm -hmm. test? And uh, they were like, yeah, absolutely. They said, however, if you do test positive, we can't treat you. I'm like, oh, 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 okay. Is that because it was urgent care? Yeah, it was an urgent care. Uh, Apparently, they, they, they don't have the license to treat pregnant women. Yes. Um, so, Who knew? I, yeah, I didn't <laughs> know that either. So, I was sitting there in the room just waiting for the doctor to come in, and I saw her come in, and she had like these 
two white things in her hand. I couldn't tell what it was. And uh, she looked at me and she said, well, you definitely have a UTI. I'm like, oh, great. Right. <laughs> and uh, she said, however, I can't treat you. And I just started oh, screaming yeah. throughout the whole entire room. <laughs> and like, lo and behold, like she had these two little pregnancy tests and like you could see the faint line. Oh. And like, I just, I, um, I just couldn't believe it. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I have to tell my husband. And so as soon as I got oh. home, Blake just finished up <laughs> uh, mowing the grass and he was bringing up the weed eater up the driveway. So I kind of just stopped the car in the middle of the driveway. And I was like, hey, um, I'm back. And he's like, oh, awesome. He said, so uh, what did they say? And I'm like, well, I, I definitely have UTI. He's like, oh, he's like, you sound very happy, but okay. <laughs> um, I'm like, however, they don't treat pregnant women. And he just kept walking up the driveway and he was like, oh, and he was nodding, and then you could just see the wheels Aww. turning in his head. And he turned around, his eyes were huge, and he was like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. But, yeah, so currently I am 15 weeks pregnant. Um, we yeah. still don't know um, if we're having a boy or a girl. Boy twins. <laughs> God, she don't mean it. God, God she, she don't mean it. She does, too. Nope. Twin girls. <laughs> so um, hopefully we'll find out by next week. So this is my third time with this blood test, by oh the way, goodness. for this. But What a great, beautiful testimony of hope. Mm -hmm. And I love the faith in action, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and, you know, your trust there again. You had to commit to trusting God. Mm -hmm. And uh, But I love the faith, faith in action because I, I think with anything, you know, we, we put our trust in the Lord. How do we put our trust in the Lord? With some kind of action, our words, mm -hmm. you know, our words of believing God. And, and uh, so what a beautiful, beautiful testimony. I know, and like uh, that song that we sing in church, uh, This Is a Move, like yes. whenever they, they sing, you know, miracles happen when you move. Like mm -hmm. the whole time I kept thinking like miracles also happen whenever you just step out in faith and mm -hmm. you just trust God. Yeah. And, you know, it may sound crazy at the moment, but God has a purpose for it. And you just got to trust and believe in him. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, Christina, feel free to jump in at any time uh, that you want to. We actually have Christina on uh, the phone tonight. She isn't here in person with us, so she can't kind of see around the table. So we want you to feel free, Christina, to uh, jump in when you want to. Yeah, I um. Well, after Kendra announced her pregnancy, I did. I did want to just kind of interject this little. Um, my sister-in-law was in church with us, um, and she was she was sitting there. She's also struggled with infertility, um, but she's adopted three children, and she knows that we've been trying for a little over a year. And she came up to me after church, and she was like, she was in tears, and she was like, "You have to, you have to get a baby gate." And I was like okay. You know, I'm just like, what, what are you talking about? And she's like, you have to get a baby gate. She's like, I've, I've just prayed. And she was like, and I feel like you guys need to get a baby gate. So, um, of course my husband being an engineer, he insisted on building it <laughs> instead of just <laughs> buying a baby gate. Um, and he, he just finished building it. Um, it was the most expensive baby gate probably ever. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Um, it's so beautiful. It, it is. And um, he installed it last weekend. And 
it kind of made me cry, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we prayed over it and, and, um, and we, we continued to, to just kind of have faith and, and it was our, our way of stepping out. And I sent her the picture when he finished and, and she was like, Oh my gosh, I love it. And I so cried was, and I prayed right then as yeah. soon as she sent it to me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it was inspired by Dara and Kendra's testimony for sure. That's awesome. Well, listen, we're going to, uh, we're going to have to wind this up right now, but if you all would be willing to come back with part two, we will do a part two. Uh, we want to uh, pray over those that are listening uh, in the audience today and just pray that God will minister to your heart and bring you hope and encouragement and, and uh, faith in action. It's just something that you look through the Word of God and you will find out that that goes a lot farther than when we get it fearful and we get doubtful. Those are all natural feelings that we have. But why not put our hope and our faith and our trust in God and and, and know that He knows the outcome for us. Tiffany, would you just uh, close us in prayer today for all those women that are out there and just need to be encouraged and know that God cares and God is listening? Sure. Father, we just come before you right now and we lift up all the women, all the men also who are, are facing infertility right now, God. Um, we know that, that your heart is for, for children and for life, God. And I just pray that everyone who's listening to this podcast, God, that if they bear witness to any of the things that we've discussed this evening, that that they will find hope in you, God, that they'll find peace in you, Lord, and, and that they will they will take action, God, that they'll put their faith, put feet to their faith, Father. And I just pray, Father, that, that miracles do happen mm-hmm. when you move, but they also happen when we move in mm-hmm. faith. And so, Father, I just pray for every every family right now who's listening to this podcast, who's struggling with infertility, God, who's who's questioning their faith and their hope, God, that you'll become so real to them, Father, and that you will just Give them the hope that they need, Father. Give them wisdom, God, to do the things that they need to do, Father. If there's if there's a, a specific plan that you have, God, that you'll reveal that to them. Yes. And just give them all the courage to step out, the courage to be brave, Father, and to put their faith in you. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Until the next time at the table with Darlene, may the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today at At The Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.